paint your hell? Great question. I know the answer immediately. My personal hell is being in a grocery, a poorly organized, poorly laid out grocery store that I can't find anything I'm looking for. And I'm just permanently stuck looking for something in a poorly laid out grocery store. Why did this come so quickly? Because I think about it every time I go to the grocery store and can't find something. (laughs) I say to myself, this is my actual personal hell. And like, that sounds like a joke, but I actually think it's like my actual answer. Like it's every negative emotion I think I can like feel in my body comes out in those moments. I feel angry. I feel frustrated. It's yeah. Is it all outward directed or are you like angry with yourself at all? Um, I think a mix of both. Mix of both. I'm frustrated at myself for not having more patience. I'm frustrated at myself for not knowing the layout by now. I'm frustrated at the grocery store sometimes for not having it laid out more intuitively. What are the common layout problems in a grocery store where you're like, they always do this and it needs to be here? The bread always throws me off. The bread is always so much further away than I think it's going to be. I I think I think it should be like produce and then bread is somewhere near. But instead, a lot of times the bread is like way behind the like paper plates and shit. I might Mm -hmm. be like getting that wrong, but the bread is never where it should be ever. These tools are for you to use. Welcome. This is This Is Your Afterlife, a podcast hosted by a comedian who survived a coma. That's me, Dave Marr. I'm based in Chicago. And I talk to artists and activists about death and life. And my guest this week is Pool Kids lead singer, Christine Goodwine? Goodwin? It's W-Y-N-E. It seems like good wine, right? Christine, I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing your last name. I emailed her at the last minute to see about the pronunciation. I looked at other interviews. She might not even pronounce Christine the way it's spelled because we didn't even introduce ourselves by our first names to each other. It was just immediately so well familiar but we were also troubleshooting things and it just and it just felt really natural and i think that speaks to the quality of the conversation but it does mean i do not have a a confidence in the pronunciation of christine's name here i do however know how to pronounce the name of the band pool kids and i know that the record the new pool kids album it's a self-titled album it's called pool kids That's what self-titled means. It's a fucking good record, dude. If you're like me and loud plus pretty is a a slice of your musical taste, if twinkly is a thing that you enjoy, I'm trying to think of other twinkly bands, and the only one that I can think of is uh, the Cranberries, which is not what the Pool Kids record sounds like, but is just a different... It's just in the twinkly spectrum, you know, but it's a, it's a really good record. It's funny. The music videos are funny. I saw the music videos, uh, that, well, the first music video for the song, I hope you're right. And I, and Christine is like getting eaten out by a mannequin. Who's her boyfriend, who she's introducing to people at a party. And I'm like, this person's funny. This is a, this is a cool band. I like this band. And I bet this person will be interesting to talk to. And she was. She was great. Um, So I hope you enjoy our conversation. You should also listen to the freaking album, man. Stream that shit. Go on Bandcamp. Are 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 you getting all your music from Bandcamp yet? Get all the freaking cool kids are, man. Do that. I'm doing it. I'm try- I, I've listened to the Pool Kids album enough that it won't let me stream anymore. I have to buy it, which is great. But my my gift card balance is not is not ringing ringing up. I have to charge my card, which I'm willing to do. It's it's worth just paying for. But I would I would prefer to pay with my my gift card balance. Did you need to know that? Uh, arguable, you know. But but we're creating we're creating intimacy here. But if you go to poolkidsband.com, 
you can find all of their streaming links and and social media handles, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all that stuff. Also, they're going on tour this fall. They have dates with Insignificant Other, with Origami Angel, and with the fucking Mountain Goats, man. So if you're looking to see live music, go to their website and buy tickets if they're coming to where you are. Why do I feel so awkward right not awkward i just i I feel it's just like a it's a struggle man i'm 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 wading through my brain and i'm making sure that i'm speaking in in logical sentences so let's let's keep talking shall we yes if you (laughs) like this podcast which at this point, if it's the first time hearing it, very questionable. Who who knows? This could go any all sorts of directions. Perhaps you hear a little bit of charisma in my voice. You're like, ah, you're like, I, I don't know why yet, but I trust this guy. Or perhaps you're like, there's something a little smarmy here. This I don't I don't quite trust. You know, maybe you've already turned it off. In which case, uh, who am I talking to? But if you do like the podcast. And you want this to be more of a two-way relationship. If you want it to feel more, you know, feel feel some stake in the podcast's success, the things you can do, you can subscribe, you can review the show in your app, especially on Apple. Little things that actually make a huge difference for me, just in my mental health, man. Seeing a nice review from someone, that shit matters. That shit feels really good. You can also go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Marr. I post the full conversations that I record with people on the Patreon. I also, there's an after show that we do occasionally with my comedian friends, Claire Favret and Megan Strickland, both of whom are past guests of the show, both of whom are very funny, and we'll have more of those coming out soon. So patreon.com slash Dave Marr for the price of a nice cup of coffee, $5, or a cheap meal, $15. You can genuinely be part of the success of this show. Those $15 patrons are the pigeon level patrons, by the way, and those patrons get shout outs in every episode. So shout out to John Lee, Shuba Singh, Debo, Fred Fidawa, Susie Carroll, Kurt Chang, and Katie Llewellyn, and hopefully you next episode. I also, we have a, we have a, a voicemail line. That's a very direct way to, to take part here. You can call 313-MIST-URA. That's 313-647-8872. And we actually do have a voicemail to, to play right now. This comes from Theo in response to the, the Mike Brunlieb episode a couple of weeks ago. So... Let's go ahead and and play that now. Here's Theo. Hi, Dave Marr. This is Theo. Um, So I was listening to your show with Mike Brunley, and um, I heard he was talking about how he felt self-conscious about not finishing a book. He he did a project on Nietzsche, and he, like, doesn't want to feel that self-consciousness of being made to feel shame for not for being called out on something. Well, I have I started reading Alice in Wonderland in eighth grade and I I know exactly where I am, but I never finished the book and I also feel a kindred I mean it's in no way Nietzsche <laughs> but um, it's, uh, I do know where, where I am in the book. Uh, Alice is at a tea party with the Mad Hatter and I think some other characters, cast of characters. And, uh, it's still pretty lucid in my mind, everything that's led up to that. And I was enjoying the book, but for some reason it got away from me. Um, and when I think of my things to do, I still am like, I could, you know, bring in, get the mail. I have to send out another, like, application. And then, oh, shit, I have to finish Alice in Wonderland. Um, so, yeah, it just made me 
It made me think of uh, all the things I have to do. I love your show. I hope to see you around. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you very much, Theo, for the nice words. Again, is it is it clear how tenuous my uh, my my self confidence, my my sense of self self esteem is at the moment? That I'm like, thank you so much, Theo. Oh, please review the show on friggin' Apple Podcasts. But genuinely, that means a lot. And yo, the idea of the perpetually—I mean unfinished business. This is ghost shit. This is prime afterlife shit right now. So does that mean, does, does Theo not finishing Alice in Wonderland? Is that a, is that a, um, is it important that he never finish that? It seems, it seems like maybe when these things rot on our to-do lists for long enough, do they become the things that as ghosts we must finish? Uh, I don't know. It's, it seems possible, man, but who boy, I could look around my living room and see genuinely at least two dozen books that are on that list of, well, the, the three item to do list has been made, but what about the 300 item to do list? Those things that are just waiting to pop back out. Oh man. So many books. So many for for me, it's like the the thing on my to do list, and and it's and it's active. I literally probably think or talk or write about this once a week at least, a lot more recently. Is a a morning routine. I just if I could figure out the perfect fucking morning routine, man, everything would change. You know that it would it would all be it would all be all be better. If I could just figure out how to brush my teeth in the morning every day, figure out how to make sure I took a shower and and did it at the exact right time, you know, I think that would genuinely, it would fix everything. So if you want me to, if, if you want to talk via voicemail, let's do it, man. I'll play it on, play it on the show. And we'll we'll hash out we'll hash out the big questions like reading Alice in Wonderland and taking showers every day just really important shit that uh, eh, pretty advanced shit that 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 it's not like every adult has already figured that out and if we're genuinely thinking about it we're really behind uh, this is this is new this is big this is huge stuff okay enough of my talk at the beginning here. If you do like more of my talk, you can go to my newsletter. Subscribe to my newsletter, Definitive Answers. That's linked in the show notes. I already talked about all the links to Pool Kids stuff in the show notes. So please enjoy this conversation. I was so stoked to have it. Uh, this is Christine from Pool Kids. I grab your whip and take it back to Chi-Town. When I'm in Chi-Town, I treat it like it's... What do you hope happens when you die? Oh, um, I think, I hope, like, actual, like, realistically, um, I don't know, I hope we just sort of, like, transcend into some weird, like, bodyless, like, I kind of hope that like we actually have souls and that souls are a real thing and that we sort of just like exist without like a physical being, you know, and that I guess I, it's nice and warm and fuzzy to think like, Oh, I want to be reunited with like my loved ones and stuff. But I don't, first of all, I don't think that's realistic. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but I hope that it's like, it, it almost like doesn't matter because we're all just in this peaceful, like one with the world, like state to where it doesn't even really matter that we're not with our loved ones because everything is just like fine. And we're just, I don't know. Does this make any sense? It makes sense. I'm wondering why one thing feels more or less realistic. That's a good 
question. I guess, I don't know, for, for some reason, for me, it just seems like sort of in like I come from like a pretty toxic, uh, horrible, like Christian, more like Calvinist reformed Christianity background. I wasn't raised that way. I just like fell into it myself by my own doing. Um, Whoa, through what? Like a youth group? Sort of. I went on a mission trip with my church, my Baptist church. That was actually a pretty harmless church. None of the bad shit that happened to my brain happened actually because of the Baptist church. It was because of this woman that I met on a mission trip that sucked me in by like making these crazy, like really, really radical, honestly not crazy, just really radical claims and then backing it up so well with Bible verses that I just couldn't ignore it and so i ended up just kind of following her for a while like what what sorts of claims um they believed in calvinists believe in predestination which yeah yeah, which is like it's determined before you're born like whether or not you're going to heaven or hell um and then also these claims of like you have to be a matthew 10 christian and like reading this like backing up verses I think this one is in Matthew 10. That's like, if you're not living a life of like, if you're not miserable basically, and like excited about death, then you're doing it wrong because like your time on earth isn't like a party. You're, you should be working your ass off like super imperialist. Like you should be abandoning your mother and father to go be a fucking missionary and spread the word. Right. And you should be standing up against all odds. You know, people should be mad at you and you should be speaking your truth. And if it doesn't suck, you're doing it wrong basically. And I was just like, is this the armor of God chapter? The, uh, the sword of the spirit and all that shit. Uh, it might be, I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, just stuff like that. And she, she called me like one of her disciples and we had these meetings every week and like I was just getting fr- and I was reading all these books and it was just fucking with my head. And it took until I like tripped shrooms in 2015 to really <laughs> come out of that and like accept and not be afraid to say, you know what? I don't identify as a Christian anymore. Um, but yeah, what made me get on that? She, oh, well, she was ahead. just giving you like a bunch of attention. And is that what felt? Like, no, it was just her. I was already. No, it was, it was simply the fact that like I was v- a very, very committed Christian, and for the mere fact of I was like, okay, do I believe in God or not? And I was like, okay, yeah, like I do believe in this Christian thing, and to me, I'm very black and white and like zero to a hundred about stuff. Like mm-hmm, I'm either mm-hmm. in it or I'm not. And I was like, am I yeah. a Christian or not? And I was like, okay, I think I'm a Christian. I, I believe like in God and I believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So, you know, that means I'm not Jewish. I'm not Muslim. I think Jesus is Messiah. So, okay. And I was like, if I am going to believe this, then I, okay. That means I have to, you know, go by the Bible and like listen to all of these rules and actually live by them. So I was already just a really serious Christian. And mm-hmm. then when she came in and just made all these really, really logically sound points and used the Bible as reference, I was just, or as proof, I was just like, okay, well shit, if this is the truth, then I guess this is what I have to follow. I was just super determined sure. and following, like I just wanted to know the actual truth and I wanted to, follow it and what she was telling me seemed she was able to back it up so much better than like the baptists would back up their arguments and i was just like okay i guess this is the truth and if this is the truth and i'm following it then like i'm gonna fucking follow it so i just went like all in yeah (laughs) yeah but then so that relates to Wait, how did we get into this? Um, this was, you asked um, me why it seems more realistic. Yeah, me. why it yeah, seems yeah. realistic, right? I, I think because the idea, the commonly thought of like idea of how the heaven is presented in the Christianity world, I think is pretty fucking unrealistic, and uh, that was like also one of the things I like struggled with. Um, which you know, I would just tell myself like, oh, it's just a metaphor. It's not literally like me chilling with my 
family in the sky. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I guess I just sort of associate the idea of us being reunited with our loved ones in the afterlife as just being unrealistic because I think that idea of heaven is so un- unrealistic. Um, and, and also it just, it seems so in the interest of what humans like naturally are going to want. Like, of course, seeing it from a human perspective, we're going to want to be with our loved ones. But it's like, if you zoom out from what like humans would want, you know, what do we realistically think is going to happen? And I'm like, I don't think it's going to be this like human centered desire. You know what I mean? I don't okay. know if that makes and sense. And that's what feels unrealistic. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. it's like it's too aligned with it's too what perfectly catered to what like we, right. we would want, you know? I don't know. It's gotta Which be Which is funny though, because it also seems kind of like we're still in the vein of not being happy and not giving ourselves the things we ultimately want. Uh it's 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 like it's like still applying that law lo- like a a much a much like gentler version of that logic except instead of the instead of like oh life has to be miserable waiting for heaven it's like well you can't trust your own impulses still when you're thinking about what comes after this so yeah. it can't be it might it can't be everything you would hope and dream it would be right you still have to like feel a little bit off or bad or guilty you know what i mean yeah yeah i guess i hadn't considered that what i'm trying to do here is uh i'm trying to create followers and i would love for you to be one of my uh disciples you oh know, yeah and like kind of going in that direction yeah 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 no uh okay i'm like I... dude i'm the most gullible person in the world i'm like are you about to like in, like join initiate Yo, me into your cult because like wow wow like, no <laughs> Oh my you have, god! No, I do not pick up on sarcasm. Well, I had a feeling. <laughs> I did have a feeling, but I was like, "Damn, I gotta hear that this guy's w- pitch." Because whole- <laughs> still, you're just like, "Let there be a truth." Like, yeah. however it comes, I've been in search of a with truth. Yeah, ever since I, you know, trip shrooms in 2015, I've been in search of that truth. Will you provide it to me? <laughs> <laughs> well, it um, sounds like you were in search of the truth before that. Uh, like before I tripped. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I was struggling because first of all, I had reached a point where it was fucking me up so much mentally, um, trying to live that type of life. And cause like, I think it was at its peak, like when I was trying to go to college and then I was like, how do I even justify going to college? Like, how is that not like my intentions being in the right place? My priorities not being the right place. Like, it's very self-centered. It's like border, you know, it's centering me and my education at the center of my life when that's not supposed to be the center of my life. My center of life is supposed Mm -hmm. to be following Christ. How does going to FSU and getting a degree, how how does that go in line with any of it? You know, that was driving me crazy. Everything being seen as an idol was crazy. Like I didn't know how to justify pursuing music without it being centered around God. You know, I could, there were so many things I couldn't justify and it sort of happened piece by piece where I first of all, well, I naturally stepped away from the Calvinist girl because I moved cities. Um, so that kind of ended that. And then um, I decided, oh, to stop reading my Bible because, again, it was never the church. It was never the Baptist church that was like putting these radical thoughts in my head. It was that one girl. And then it was also after she was gone, it was just me and my Bible. And, and I, I went to some churches at FSU and again, they were all fine and nice and they didn't fuck with my head, but it was just me alone with my Bible. And I read it every night. It was like the things I read in there, not even that it's all fucked up They're Actually, I still believe that there's some like very good things in the Bible that sound like they were just like taken straight out of like Buddhism, honestly. But Mm -hmm. there would be other shit, you know, that was fucked up. Like, I couldn't figure out what to do. There was just so much cognitive dissonance about, like, homosexuality and stuff. I'm like, I don't. I was just like, there is no way this is the truth. Like, there is no way that there is a God and, and that Jesus is a part of that God and, like, 
he thinks homosexuality is like wrong. And like a lot of the verses weren't even actually that like hateful and like, Oh, like burn the gays. Like I didn't really find anything like that. It was just the mere fact that it said like man shall not sleep with man. I was just like, why? Like there's just no way. And you know, I just started thinking about how, unrealistic all of it was i'm like there's no way that there's a god of the universe that cares if dudes are fucking each other right there's no way like there was just a bunch of stuff and i started doubting the reality of it and um so it was a combination of that like the cognitive dissonance of my own morals versus the bible and and the combination of that with just like it, it was just getting too much like how much it was just stressing me out. Um, like the guilt, the, the guilt of everything. Like there was just guilt everywhere in my life. It was like crippling, crippling guilt. Um, and so I made the choice to start reading the Bible and I was like, okay, I'm just going to like sort of trust my like conscious. Cause there's some like Christians that I had talked to who were like, sort of gave me the idea that, trusting your like conscious almost in a way they're like oh well your conscious is kind of the holy spirit talking to you so yeah. i was like that sounds good <laughs> like because my conscious is telling me hey dudes fucking dudes isn't wrong <laughs> you know so i yeah, was like yeah i was like i like the idea of that being you know the holy spirit talking to me or whatever rather than this book you know so i was like i'm just gonna be a christian through prayer and like kind of trusting my like conscience or whatever so then i was doing that for a while and then just eventually you know i just started kind of thinking like maybe this just is i was like maybe there's a type of i don't know i was like i don't know i just was like maybe there's a type of christianity that's like all the good stuff but none of the bad stuff you know like i don't know and then uh pretty close to that i wanted to trip shrooms and specifically to like have this sort of like reckoning with my um spiritual chaos going on in my head um like i didn't want to do it like just for fun i was like i wanted to use this as a tool to help me figure my internal like existential <laughs> crisis out yes and it worked. part of the quest towards yes. ultimate truth exactly and uh I literally wrote, I was very afraid of um, having like a bad trip and freaking out like, oh my God, I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. You know, like I've stepped away from Christ and I'm, you know, I thought I was going to have this horrible bad trip. So I literally wrote, I wish I still, I wish I kept this. I wrote on a piece of paper, like, um, it was like basically in case of having a bad trip or whatever. And it was like things to tell myself or remind myself. And it was just like, yeah, I thought would calm me down. And it was like, God isn't mad at you. Like God doesn't hate you. Like you're not going to burn in hell. And I like wrote down these things in preparation. And then once I was tripping, I like, um, it really like wasn't on my mind in that way. Like I, well, first of all, it wasn't like getting too high. Like I wasn't like anxious. Like my heartbeat wasn't like, you know, mm-hmm. none of that was happening. And I just kind of like let myself like, you know, get like f- kind of fall into it. Like I wasn't fighting the trip at all. And I'm convinced I had a full on like ego death, like full on. Like I like left my consciousness, like blacked out and like came back, had to like spend the next few hours even like realizing like that I was like a human. I was like, what am I like? Yeah. I literally was like, (laughs) what am I? I was like, Oh, I was like, I'm a a human. And I didn't know my name. I literally was like, my name is Christine. I was like, I'm a human and we have families and I have a twin brother. And I was like, and then I had, I like relearned like the concept of like time. I was like, we organize time in this way. Like we have seasons. And I was like, I remember being like, Right now it's fall and we have these holidays and like Thanksgiving break is this weekend and where everyone goes and bees with their families. And I just like from square one over like a couple of hours had to like remind myself how everything in my life operates. And when I just like came back, I was sort of like, whoa, what happened? Wait, are you there? Yo, wait. Oh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Okay. There okay. you are. Dude, I it, it was at the worst time 
It's you okay. were ramping up into full-on ego death, and I'm like <laughs> hearing glimpses of of these realizations. Yeah, it's okay. I never forget what I'm saying because it was like the universe couldn't handle the it truth couldn't. that and you we were, were spitting. Just, yeah, we were reaching the truth, and I just it couldn't handle it. Um, anyway. I always remember what I was saying because my boyfriend never remembers what he was saying if he gets like a two second interruption. So out of spite, I am very good at it. Anyway, one of the things I like had to realize what or like relearn about myself was like, oh, I'm Christine. I'm a human. I have a family. I have a twin brother. It's Thanksgiving. Humans use this thing called time. And then I was like, I am trying to figure out my fucking spiritual crisis. And I'm trying to figure out if I'm a Christian or not. And then I was like, well, what do I think? And I was just sort of like, yeah, I was like, I am right that um, it can't be true that, like, there is a God who hates gay people, basically. And I was just like, or not even hates, but, like, who thinks it's wrong. And I was like, I need to follow that gut feeling that this is wrong. And I actually didn't, I came out of it being like, there's definitely, there definitely could be something there, like, spiritually or like something bigger than us but it's not the christian god (laughs) basically like it's not this bible like that's not the truth like there may be something out there and there may be something bigger and there may be like a bigger truth out there but it's not this (laughs) is basically the conclusion i came to um yeah have you tripped shrooms since then i I'm too afraid to actually. Whoa. Why? Just because it feels like that was like such a first of all, functional thing. Well, okay. First of all, I kind of feel like I got what I needed from it. Um, right. But well, actually, okay. After I, that happened, I was like not depressed for like a few months, quite a few months. Whoa. It was like crazy. I just felt like my priorities were in the right place. I knew what was important. I just felt like relaxed and I just wanted to like enjoy you know, my like very close friends and the people I love. And like, I even had this weird realization that I've gone straight far from Well, I never even committed to it. But when I was tripping, I was like, why do we use substances to make ourselves like, like why like this weird sobriety, like thing. I was like, why should, I was like, we should just be able to laugh and enjoy each other's company and stuff. And I, I mean, I was definitely getting drunk like a few days after that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but it was this kind of like, you know, reevaluating thing of just like wanting to just enjoy my time here and enjoy the people I'm with. And it just like was this whole mind reframing thing. And I told myself afterwards, I was like, damn, I need to just trip shrooms like every six months like in, yeah. instead of like taking Luxor every day like, right right yeah <laughs> right. but I'm too afraid to it was just too it was first of all it was just so much like I felt like I was like reborn you know and I don't know if I can go through that every six months and then I also just like it, it was scary it wasn't a bad trip but the come down of it was so stressful of like I was stuck in that loop of like what's going on? What's going on? Am I crazy? What's going on? What is this consciousness? And then being like, Oh, I'm on a drug. And that's why everything's so confusing. And then forgetting that I'm on a drug and just being like, what's going on? What's going on? I was just in that loop. And that itself was so stressful and scary that like, I don't want to risk dealing with that again. Okay. I actually have microdose, but it like didn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) So my last one man show was set in the afterlife and had all these, one of the premises of this afterlife that I'd created was that in the afterlife, you get to fully relive one memory. So it doesn't wipe your other memories, but it's like a room you can enter and exit whenever you want, but you have to choose just one. If that were the case, and I asked you to relive one memory what memory would you choose? Damn. That's a good question. And I'm going to continue thinking about that regardless of what answer I give. Um, It honestly, I don't know how this might come off, but hearing, listening back to 
this self-titled record, I swear this isn't just me trying to plug, but listening back to the self-titled record with all the people we made it with for the first time and all of the, and like the conversations we had after that, um, that was like, okay. So where was this in Seattle in the studio? In the studio. Was it all recorded in at the one studio? No, there were several studios. Okay. But the one we but, listened to it in is what I want to relive. And everyone who worked on the record was there or yes. just people kind of at the end of the, it so was it was like everyone a flying out such situation. It, well, it was like, it was, uh, we had flown back up to finish recording and to finish like mixing it. Well, not, we didn't finish mixing, but to finish recording, um, we had to break it up into two chunks because the flood ruined all of our gear and we had to like end it and stuff. Oh my um, God. But we flew back out, finished recording and the band plus the three people that worked on the record were all there. Yeah. And we listened to it back. Okay. So it wasn't cause I'm, ima- I'm imagining like so-and-so played sax on this one, oh. even though I've heard the record and no, those are not, those things yeah, yeah, are no. not there. It was just the but, four. Okay, yeah. It's a small crew. Yes. Seven people. And what were the conversations after? Um, so it ended and we just like, were all like speechless and it just, it felt like I always quote him on this. Cause I'll never forget like when he said this, but the producer was like, I know this might sound dramatic, but I feel like I could die right now <laughs> and be fine with it. And I was like, I, and I felt that because it just, it felt like, Okay, my, my entire purpose for living, ever since I gave up Christianity, my entire purpose for living, because I need a purpose, which I think yeah. is why I, part of the reasons why I fell into Christianity in the first place. And when I ended that, I felt kind of lost and like my life was without purpose. And then I sort of subconsciously started, the the band was like my new purpose yeah. to live. And since this is my entire purpose now, like to create this music with these people I love, it's like the, the album was just like this big, it was just like, Oh my God, like this is the reason for my life. And it turned out so good. And this is just, this is everything. Like this is literally everything for me. And it's, I was just, you know, I'm like so glad that I made this decision in my life to pursue music instead of like using my degree you know, despite other people telling me to not do that, you know, I'm so glad I have made all the decisions thus far to lead me here. Like it was just the most like fulfilling, rewarding feeling ever. And I was sharing it with these people that I loved so much and it just felt like such a like complete fulfilling experience. Yeah. When you're listening, is it just in silence? For that full 48 minutes, oh, yeah. hour, whatever yeah. it is. It's like, yeah, anytime I'm sure anyone would agree with this, anyone that's like made a record or worked on a record, like no one wants to fucking talk. It's like you want to listen, like speakers blasted, like listening to every tiny little sound. Like if someone says a word, it's like, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, rewind yeah, it, yeah, rewind yeah. it. We got to re-listen yeah. to that part now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was, it was like 46 minutes of like just intently Every once in a while, there would be like a really sick transition from song to song that we were listening for the first time. And someone would be like, oh, like a sound like that. But that was like, other than that, it was like, um, you know, just fully focused. Were there, did it sound, did you know what was coming or did the sound of it all together sound different than it kind of felt at the time of recording? We actually, we we did know like we had heard each song at that version, like at that like roughly completed version, like none of it was a total surprise, but yeah, uh, we had just worked on a lot of, a lot of songs like go into each other and we had worked Mm -hmm. on a lot of the transitions and it was our, just our first time hearing it in that order with all the transitions, blending it together, hearing how it feels as like a full complete, piece rather than just like this song then the song like on shuffle yeah yeah it's kind of like you guys's uh beyonce album in a way yeah sure yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got we got two two albums of the summer coming out with good transitions yeah know? yeah um both in july 
God. Yeah, dude. Uh, normally, I have a lot of follow-up questions, but I'm just really jealous of this one. It sounds so rad, and and especially the the work I do tends to be a lot more solo, and there yeah. are collaborations, but there's not like a thing where you can like, and especially with comedy, like the work doesn't really exist unless you're like creating a film right. version of the, the thing. Yeah. You can't step back. Like it only exists while I'm performing it. Yeah. So right. it's just, it just sounds, yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could always work on like, like a special or something. I don't know if people do that. Yeah, exactly. DIY that level. would be the thing. Yeah. yeah. And you could, they're DIY specials. Yeah. Because I, I sort of compare that to, there's like, I always think about how interesting this is, how much overlap and like similar similarities there are between like the DIY music scene and also the like comedy scene. Like we both yeah. like go on tour. We both have performances. We both have mm-hmm. like really like sometimes like toxic close like circles of people with drama mm-hmm. happening and stuff. Um, yep. And yeah, it's funny. So you're like, yeah, when I'm, you know, performing and stuff, like there's people there and like, you know, same thing here with like doing music but for me that's not really the like fulfilling part it's like being in the studio with like people who created it you know and like looking back on it and seeing what you've made what's your coma and by this i mean I was in a coma. For I a month. was. I was gonna say at the end of this. Can I ask you about your fucking situation? Because Jesus Christ. Sure, I, I, dude. I, yeah. Okay. Okay. So you know my fucking situation. I, I know you were like in a coma a little bit. Yeah. For yeah, like yeah. a and yeah. But cool. you're yeah. you're the coma guy, and I am, happy yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. happy to talk about it. Okay. But the in for the purpose of this question, right. My the it, it it's just any moment of transformation does not have to be crazy can be utterly you could be walking down the grocery store and something fucking clicks mid aisle right okay. but it's just something where before you're one version of yourself and after you're another okay wait are you saying like what was that moment for me or what, mm-hmm. what oh i mean definitely what the fucking was? shrooms trip 100 percent the okay trip. okay 110 percent yeah just because, well, no, I know a little bit about what you, I know what, I know a little bit about the beliefs, but what's interesting to me is it sounds like the person you are at, like certain elements of your personality feel like they carried through really strong. Yeah. Like you mean that we're there before and they're still here. Yeah. 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 Just like, like you said, like needing, a purpose that yeah that's um, for sure and that's something i also think about a lot and like okay there still are so many things about myself that are the same um but okay continue explaining though no no no. i think i think you've got it i'm just curious um I, i'm i'm curious to hear more about the after effects of the shroom trip and even the ways in which you're the same yeah. but it's manifesting differently yeah you know i can definitely relate to being like black and white to being Mm -hmm. to to you know needing uh you know the 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 sort of thing i have said uh, in various situations is just that i want like concrete definitive answers to existential unanswerable questions like yes i get that you can't answer it but let's try yeah let's give me give me the answer right right exactly exactly yeah i um Things that are the same, I would say, like, the way I treat people, I think, is the same for better and for worse. Um, Like, I've always, like, I, I don't know. I deal with, like, being irritable with, like, the people I love the most, you know, like my parents mm-hmm. and like sometimes whoever I'm in a relationship with, like I was hoping that that would be maybe a thing that was like solved. Like, Oh, I have this new, um, 
this new me, you know, that's all like Zen and I fucking reach Nirvana or whatever. And it's like, I yeah. thought like maybe that will change, you know, and I, it did like actually help, I guess, but it's still there, you know, I'm still like a kind of short tempered, like irritable person. Y- usually it's not like inanimate objects and not people like my zipper will get stuck and it's like, ah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely fucking livid. Um, But anyway, stuff like that, like mannerisms didn't change. My personality did not change at all. Um, Yeah. I I guess, yeah, just my personality, my mannerisms, characteristics, things like that all carried through for sure. Um, But my priorities, I think, have permanently changed. Um, the way I judge, like the way I'm. Yo, just... do you want to take a second to reposition the mic? Yeah, is it fucked up now? Oh, you just no, 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 I'm holding it's... it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're, there we go, I'm, there we go. I'm fine with. It. Okay, okay, gotcha. <laughs> I, yeah, I really wish there was a visual element to this, and people could see. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> for those who uh, want to know what we're talking about, I currently have a mannequin hand, the type that you find at Michael's that's intended to hold bracelets and rings. Um, I have the mic shoved into one of those. So it looks like a little like white hand just holding the mic. Anyway. Um, what the fuck was I saying? I bragged so much about how I never lose my train of thought. Um, oh, but yeah, my personality, all that came through, but now I, I almost feel like I just got more insight that I now use to like make decisions in my life. Like I, you know, Oh, do we want to, I don't know, like career decisions and stuff. I'm like more grounded in what I want. Cause I'm like, I've had this whole change in values, like permanent change in values. And I know it helps me make like life decisions and stuff. I guess you could say. Yeah. So when you say values, are you, do you just mean like center like, centering Jesus versus centering music? Or are we talking about specifically like, going from guilt to being gentle with yourself or going from something to kindness or something like that. I guess it's, it's a type of thing that's like, um, like what do I want out of life? I guess. And like, um, I guess just like as an example, like where to live, like, am I going to move to New York to follow like a crazy career pursuit or am I going to move back home to Florida or move to wherever all of my friends are? And it's like, previously I would have been like, yeah, pursue the career, you know, like go for it. And now my values are different. I value like being around the people I love more, you know, and I would honestly now, I mean, you know, not for sure, but I way more likely now to choose like, oh, all of my friends have moved to Nashville for some unknown reason. I'm just going to move to Nashville because I want to be around the people I love. And that's how I want to spend my life, you know, regardless of if there's like a big money making like career opportunity in New York or something, you know. Um, no, I totally I have that. I have like a maybe priorities would be a better word than values, but. I get, I know, I get yeah. you though, but it's funny too because you you also kind of describe that trip as, um, as it sounds like some of the values or priorities that shifted, whatever word we're using, mm-hmm. is it was too embracing some of the professional aspects of music as career, and I and because yeah. I think about this shit all the time from a. DIY and career perspective Mm -hmm. is like, okay, how do I take this seriously, pursue this seriously, and yet also recognize that the way my friends do it isn't maybe exactly, you know, I'd I'd rather do some of these DIY shows than have a slot on the tonight show and that's like that's right. not sour grapes that's true you know what yeah, I mean? yeah 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 and um i think when i veer from that that's sort of me like letting other 
I don't know, other parts of my like personality, like the things that lasted mm-hmm. through the shrooms trip, that's sort of that kind of overpowering my like newfound values and stuff. Like I sort of turned this like passion thing that I love and enjoy doing, which is pool kids. And, you know, I start turning it into this big like business career thing type, you know, mm-hmm. where I'm like mm-hmm. working hard just to get it as successful as it can. And that element of it is me just like, I don't know, parts of my per- personality that are just in me regardless of like what fucking like, you know, hippie shrooms trip like teaches me. <laughs> um, it's like, that's just sort of that overpowering. Ideally, I would like to be more in line with like my newfound values and priorities where it's like, I kind of tone back, you know, tallying our monthly listeners and scheming ways to make it higher to be able to book bigger shows. Ideally, I'd be able to like kind of get that more in check and focus more on like, okay, you enjoy creating music. Let's focus on that, (laughs) you know, and like having a good time and building a sense of community through music, blah, blah, blah. Um, Yeah. Ideally that would be more of like the focus, but you know, I get, distracted and like misled i guess of course of course (laughs) so you were already focusing on music before the shroom trip uh yeah not with pool kids but yeah 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 yeah, i think i had already started uh my first band uh that which should not be named um okay we had (laughs) started i think that was already a thing before shrooms trip and i was serious about it but because so it sounds like it's because it sounds like it's not just christianity to music it's also a specific way of thinking yeah including about music to a different way yeah it doesn't necessarily have to be like those things that's just kind of the way it like formulated in my life i guess but it's more like the ideas behind it i guess i don't know yeah yeah, I'm kind of like yeah. losing myself in like no, my I get you. logic here. <laughs> we're in we're in pretty abstract territory, but yeah, yeah. but I think I mean the things that I'm it it's kind of the the things that I'm associating it with are like kind of cliche things. It's like valuing process over product and right. community and people yeah. over achievements. No, but it's sh- yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. The the thing that feels different Well, it's one thing to say those things, but especially after a thing like a trip, you can feel those things viscerally in a way that is like, I know this sounds cliche, but I like feel this right now. Yeah, 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 a hundred percent. That is the show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Christine for doing the show. Thank you to Pool Kids for putting out a fucking great, probably my album of the summer. And I know that the Beyonce record came out too. You heard it here first, man. Not They're not, but I'm taking shots, okay? Pool Kids, then Beyonce. Join the Patreon for the show, patreon.com slash Marr. Sign up for my newsletter. Stream the Pool Kids album. Tell people you know about the show. If you like it, if you don't, take it to your grave. And until next week, remember, you are a mist. Only human and human beings, they do miracles.